Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Calvary Live coming to you from the studios here at Grace FM in Aurora, Colorado. So glad that you've chosen to join us today. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor here at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado, and I'm taking your calls and questions today on the air or via text. You can join us on the air. It's at 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000, or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Either way, uh, you can uh, talk to me, text me, let's discuss what's on your mind, uh, what is it that the Lord is doing, uh, what's on your mind, what is on your heart. I want to give a, a hearty welcome to our friends on the Freedom Radio Network. Welcome on board, you guys on Hope FM and Truth FM and uh, stations around the country. We're glad that you joined us. 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000, text me 720-336-0897, like this text right here, good afternoon, and the response is, good afternoon to you. There you go, your text came through. 720-336-0897 is a dedicated texting line, and you can join me on the air 303-690-3000. Remember, for anyone listening other than the Grace FM radio network, you're hearing this one week delayed. That's how it gets delivered to your station. So what that means is while the show is on the air, you can call in. We'll take your call. We'll answer it live. It'll be like you're on the phone with me. Uh, and everyone on the Grace FM radio network and anyone that's listening online or through our app, gracefm.com, uh, you'll be able to hear it live. And then on your radio station, Freedom, Hope, Truth, uh, other low-power stations around the country, you can hear it one week delayed. And you'll be able to tune in next week and hear yourself on the radio. Here's a text that came through to our dedicated text line, 720-336-0897. It says, I think I'm going to have to quit my job, but I don't really have a backup plan, so I'm feeling stuck. Also, my depression makes me feel dead inside. It does not feel good. I'm sorry that it is a challenging time for you right now. I mean, obviously challenging isn't even a strong enough word, is it? It's very hard, very difficult, very painful, very scary. And I just want to pray for you and remind you of the faithfulness of God and his goodness. Lord, I pray for this person as they... Um, are ready to quit their job, they don't really have a backup plan, they feel stuck, they're overwhelmed by depression, uh, just feeling like they're not alive inside. I pray that you would encourage them. I pray over them 
uh, your word that says that you're the God of all comfort, so I just pray that comfort into them. You comfort everyone uh, that needs it, and you are the sole su- supply of that comfort. Uh, and in any situation, um, you have a great comfort to give. And so I pray that into their life. In Jesus' name, amen. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. Let's go to, again, we are... uh, I'm going to follow up um, with the good afternoon text. The good afternoon text was followed up with the text that says, my wife passed yesterday. And I want to let you know I'm very sorry uh, to hear that your wife passed yesterday. It's a very significant loss, very challenging. Father, I pray, God, for this widower who now is on day one of life on earth without his wife. I pray, God, that you would help him and sustain him in his grief. Even as I was talking to a brother today about grief, it's very challenging. I mean, I I guess that's the word I'm going to be using today. It's challenging. It's harder than hard. And I pray that you would help him Encourage him and strengthen him. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, I'm so sorry. Very difficult. All right. What is your outlook on Halloween and being celebrated by believers? Well, you know, there's a lot of debate about Halloween. It definitely is not a Christian holiday. Um, It has its roots in uh, paganism, but like much of our culture has its roots in paganism. Uh, even our language, our calendar, uh, our, have paganism built in, and I, I guess you could say um, baked into them. Um, so I, I'm not a big fan of Halloween. I never have been. Um, uh, I, I, and after my son passed away, I'm not really hip into holidays that celebrate the dead. Uh, or promote evil spirits and darkness and wickedness and witches. I, I, I don't believe that it is a sin to participate in asking for candy or, you know, dressing up. Definitely isn't a sin. Um, asking for candy is not a sin. I mean, most of the most of those that ask are are very innocent. Just like when you write when you say Sunday is the day of you worship, you're not worshiping the sun god. I mean, I do think you want to be careful. In the early days as parents, Marie and I were very um, very strict with our kids. Uh, as we grew and matured, we became less strict. And instead of avoiding everything in the darkness in the world, we began to use it as a discipleship tool for our kids. Uh, so we uh, then used that as a discipleship tool with our kids um, and wanted to teach them how to navigate through life um, and darkness and here at the church, we don't celebrate Halloween as a holiday or Christmas as a holiday, like with Santa Claus or Easter with the Easter Bunny. Um, you know, we focus resurrection around Easter. Uh, we focus on the death, or excuse me, the birth of Jesus Christ on Christmas. And when and when Halloween comes, uh, we have an alternative night so that we can capture. Um, the hearts of kids that are already out on the streets or to give an alternative to the families coming in uh, that would want to not have their kids feel left out 
um, and enjoy. And of course, for those that want to stay home, we provide free tracks and we encourage them to honor the people coming to the door by connecting with them as the humans that they are. And, and you know, you don't need to condemn them because they're participating in something that's a part of the world. Of course it is. Uh, but you don't have to participate. It's okay. Or if you do participate, you can make that choice as unto the Lord. Um, so it's probably um, wise that you follow your own conscience on this. Uh, it's wise that if you have a strong aversion to Halloween that you not participate in it. Um, but I do believe you can participate in things without becoming part of them or without approving of them. So I hope that question or that answer helps. Uh, let's see. Let's check our phone lines. They seem to be filling up. Yeah, let's go right here to Aurora, Colorado. Victoria, welcome to the program. <clears throat> Hi, Ed. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing very well. want to thank you for all you do for everyone. Thank you. So, Ed, my situation is I have a stepson who just had a beautiful son, which is my grandson. Okay. And my husband and I, we attend Calvary, and um, my, my husband uh, tried to talk to him. He believes that Thor, which I believe is a mythical god, and Odin are his gods. And he's, he's very done a lot of reading on it and does not believe in Jesus Christ. And so when my husband said something to him, they will no longer let us see our grandchild. Oh, that's too bad. They should let you see your grandchildren, even if you do disagree over this. Um, Agreed. I'm sorry, it's... Um... Not being able to see your grandson or your grandchild is a horrific thing, and the motives behind it are just, they're just wrong. There's no other way to put it around yeah. it. You know, there is a popular um, pagan religion today known as Odinism. Uh, it dates back to even pre-Christian days. It's polytheistic, uh, worshiping the Norse and Germanic gods, specifically Odin, who's considered the yes. chief god. Um, Odinism was the religion of the Vikings, uh, who yes. lived in Norway, and, and so it's a, it's a legitimate false religion, um, but uh, there's not much you can do to uh, convince your son otherwise. Um, I think that being able to voice your opinion in his life, being able to speak his your opinion into his life, being able to uh, disagree with your son, um, you guys have done that. Um, I think it would be great to perhaps open the door again call them and say, hey, I know we don't agree on this, but it would be good if you allowed us to see our grandson and yeah. and then pray. I actually wrote an, a document. This is such a an important topic in my own life that I wrote an article on my website, what are you to do when you can't see your kids or your grandkids? And I'd encourage you to look that up on on my website. It came from, uh, from a sister uh, in the faith who's not gone home to be with the Lord. Her name is Elizabeth Elliot, and I thought it was one of the best articles on the subject. That's why I printed it on uh, on my website. Okay, good. I'll, I will definitely go look at that. I think about them all the time. We're constantly praying on them. Yes. Very bitter, very angry, and um, you can't ask any questions, which I find um, disturbing. So we're not allowed to ask questions. We have to respect his beliefs. We and And now... 
now we're just completely shut out of their life. So it's just very, very difficult. You know, it's and, and even hearing you say that, I can hear the I can hear your voice change, and I could even add to that that it's probably harder than hard, or more than even difficult. And yeah. you know that this is his adult decision. Um, they're going to have to live with this decision. I know they they don't have any sense of moral accountability in their life right now, but they were still created in the image of God. God put eternity in your kid's life. They, they know the gospel, they know the truth, and they know exactly what they're doing. Um, and the painful part of it is, is it's not just separating from your grandson or your grandchild, boy or girl. A boy. What's his name? Baby Cash. Okay, so it's not just being separated from Baby Cash, but it's knowing the intentional pain that they're inflicting upon you. It's on purpose, and that, yeah. that's painful too. Um, it's not an yeah. accident. It's not a new revelation. They they have a weapon, and now they're choosing to use that weapon who happens to be a precious human being um, right. that belongs to you as your grandson. And so the difficult part is there's not much you can do. Um, they, they It's going to be a breakthrough of the Holy Spirit in their life, and... And I'm sorry, it's super hard. Thank you, thank you. And if you could um, help me pray for them, that would just be amazing. I will. Father, we pray for Victoria's son and daughter-in-law and and even little Cash God. He doesn't know what's going on. He's not a part of this. He's not a part of the adult decisions. And I pray, God, that you would show mercy, uh, that you would open a door and open an opportunity uh, that would reunite this family. I mean, obviously we pray that her son and daughter-in-law would surrender their lives to you, God, and uh, dismiss this false teaching or this um, weird belief, um, ancient pagan belief uh, in the false gods of Odin and Asgard. And, and at the same time, Lord, at the very least, we pray for a real, meaningful, true relationship between Cash and his grandparents. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, thank you. All right, you're welcome. Bless you. Have a blessed day. All right, thank bye-bye. You. Yeah, super hard, super hard. 303 Let's go over to South Jersey now. Dave is on the line. Dave, welcome to the program. <clears throat> Hi, Ed. It's my definite pleasure to speak to you, sir. Ah, what an honor to have you on the air with us. So and you... my question is, Ed, um, uh, we listen to, down here, it's called Hope FM. I, I, I don't know if it's Truth FM where you're at or, or Grace FM. I'm sorry, sir. That's okay. But um, we listen to many pastors, and we have been... Uh, by the grace of God, able to hear these ministries since 2015 when we moved to where we're at now in South Jersey. And we had a question because one of our pastors uh, that had a story like others, uh, but it was close to my heart. He had a troubled youth. His name's Lon Solomon, and he he um, went to a place called McLean Bible Church in Washington. 
Well, we found out that um, the last episode we heard, the last uh, radio show was actually, I found it out, it sparked me, was he said something about in this 20th century. And I know the 21st century started in the year 2000. My wife, Susan, Googled it, and he stepped down in 2017, and he's uh, when and it said the church became Calvinized. And um, to make it uh, brief, because I know you got a lot of callers, Ed, uh, what does Calvinized mean, please? Well, it was. Do you for sure say Calvinized and not galvanized? Uh, yes. Calvinized. Okay, well, I've never heard that. I've never heard the word oh, Calvin. Maybe my wife uh, misinterpreted uh, Calvinized or Calvinized. She got it off of Google. I don't put my faith in that. Okay, well, let, let me um, let me see if I can Google something to to duplicate it. So um, I I have an answer. I've never heard the word Calvin uh, used that way before. But let's see, Calvinized McLean Bible. Let's see if we can find it here. <clears throat> okay, that word and McLean Bible Church do not come up in a Google search. Um, let me see if galvanized is, um, and that one doesn't come up either. So let's just let's just uh, let's attach it to the word Calvin. Uh, Calvin was a a man of God uh, who developed a a systematic theology of understanding the sovereignty of God. Right. And that has turned into what is known today as Calvinism, or often referred to as five-point Calvinism. Right. Um, I do know, and as I've been reading recently on McLean Bible uh, Church, actually, that when they changed pastors from Lon Solomon, uh, that they became a part of the Southern Baptist uh, Association of Churches. Oh, really? And Thanks, I think Ed. I think their current pastor is David Platt. Uh, David Platt was a former, um, I forget the title that he had, but he was a president of the Southern Baptist um, Association of Churches. And I do believe David Platt is in what would call the new uh, young Reformed pastors, and he would adhere to Calvinism. So I'm going to guess that Calvinized means that they adopted a reformed system of theology uh, that follows after the teachings of John Calvin, um, which would be a great departure from the teachings of Lon Solomon. Uh, and uh, thank the... you, Ed. Can I interject? Sure. Oh, uh, uh, with my understanding, and I've been trying to keep up on to only the biblical teachings and that's one thing I admire you for, Ed. Um, there is nothing woke about what I hear from you and many other esteemed pastors. Uh, and uh, would Calvinize be something like what is being uh, preached or spoken to to congregations or the, their church at their uh, their congregation as? What we might know today as woke. No. Those okay, are two thanks, separate Ed. things. Um, those would be two separate 
um, thought patterns. Calvinism is a system of belief, uh, and unfortunately, this word woke has been used uh, in many different ways to describe uh, a lot of different um, approaches surrounding critical race theory, uh, neo uh, fascism, or Marxism, and on and on. So, no, uh, is it possible? that someone that adheres to Calvinism would also to adhere to something like uh, critical race theory? Yes, but it's not a part of the system of theology. All right, Ned? I have, I have, my, I have, I have uh, deeper problems with Calvinism uh, than that. Um, I, okay, I, we I are like not, to hear we, we are not Calvinists at all. Uh, neither are I we Arminius in our theology. We, we try to we try to go beyond those two systems of belief back to a biblical theology. Um, I know Amen. many. Go ahead. Amen. Yeah, I know many people would say that Calvinism is a biblical theology, and I couldn't I couldn't argue with that. It does come from the Bible, um, but there's many parts of Calvinism that I wouldn't adhere to um, because I don't think the Bible teaches it. Okay, Ed, please forgive me for using woke. Uh, my my main. Uh, thought in my in my mind was the the main point was uh does does calvinism does it reflect the true word of god's word uh most of it does yes i mean as a matter of fact when you hear somebody let's say someone like uh alistair Begg, who is a very strong reformed teacher um he's a phenomenal bible teacher uh, John MacArthur, the same thing, a very good, I mean, excellent Bible teacher. Uh, I love to hear their Bible studies. I'm not a big fan when they begin to teach Calvinism and not the Bible. And uh, could you explain that why, Ed? Uh, there's a lot of reasons why, but primarily, uh, I don't believe that the in limited atonement, um, I don't believe in the whole system of theology. It kind of uh, it all it all is based upon a definition of total depravity that I don't agree with. I don't agree that man doesn't have any say whatsoever in responding to the uh, conviction of the Holy Spirit. I don't believe that Jesus Christ only died for some and not for all. I don't believe in some extreme forms of Calvinism. Uh, that some people were born just to go to hell and have no hope whatsoever of being saved. I mean, if you email me, I'll send you a little pamphlet that we use around here that can help you. I'll send you a PDF to your email box, and you can read I up on it. You could really help me. Yeah. Could you just explain that one term, and that would help me a lot. Which limited term? Limited atonement. Yeah, in limited atonement, it is the Calvinist view that the blood of Jesus Christ only is for the elect. Uh, thanks a lot, Ed. You just answered all of my questions with that. Okay, and, and I don't believe that. I I do believe that no, it's a. Me I do believe that the blood of Jesus Christ is only effectual for the elect. And what I mean by that is that only those that are born again are saved. I don't believe in yeah. universalism that the blood of Jesus Christ saves everyone, whether they like it or not. But I do Amen. believe that Jesus, he died for the world. God so loved the world. He loved the cosmos. He loved believer and unbeliever alike. And he believed, he, he loved all unbelievers, elect and unelect alike, uh, that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for them, the cosmos, the world. And you know what, Ed? I got to tell you, 
you know, thank God I had a God-fearing mother who who uh, made sure every one of her seven children got a good start with the understanding of the Lord, put us all through Sunday school, and I had to say every Christmas Eve, we had to dress up in our suit, and we had to go, and I had to memorize we called it a piece for uh, what we were going to say in front of the whole congregation. And mine was, for God, John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, and whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And I think that really coincides with what you just said. Yes, sir. Well, bless you in South Jersey, my friend. And God bless you, Ed. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. 303-690-3000. All nines are wide open again. 303 is the area code. 690-3000. Here is a text question that has come in. Hi, Pastor Ed. How can I help someone who thinks they are homosexual? I've read books, and I can't not make this person read the Bible. Um. Yeah, it, it is challenging. Again, that seems to be the key word today. Uh, it is difficult. Uh, we are unable to convince externally a person involved in any sinful behavior, um, fornication, adultery, homosexuality, stealing. We're, we're unable to convince them externally to leave their sinful behavior behind. Uh, however, we can build a bridge into their lives. We can help them by planting seeds of the truth and the gospel. We can help them by watering those seeds and being available to them. But you will be frustrated. It's true. You will be frustrated when you attempt um, to make them do something, like make them read the Bible. Um, One of the things that you can do is you can quote the Bible without ever quoting the Bible. You could say things like, don't, you know, it's amazing. The God that I, the God that I know, he loved the world so much that he sent his son Jesus to die for us. And just by saying it that way, you've taken a Bible scripture, John 3.16, and you have paraphrased it in its in an accurate way to communicate the truth of God's word uh, to someone. Uh, and I would encourage you to continue reading books. Um, If you email me, I have some resources that I can send you, some links for you to get the resources, but some recommended resources that will help you in this topic. And the best thing you can do for this person is is be a friend to them. Be available to them. Pray for them. Uh, Serve them. Uh, Don't abandon them uh, because of their behavior. Don't, Don't abandon them in a time of confusion but stick around for the long haul. Um, stick around as a friend that you are, and don't let their sinful behavior cause you to be less of a good friend, less of a friend filled with love. It's hard. It is. It's hard now with their decisions. It puts you in a different position, but that is a part of friendship. And so email me, and uh, my email is ed at edtaylor.org, and I will send you some links. Just remind me of the text you sent in uh, that you wanted information on how to minister to those 
who are in a homosexual lifestyle, and I'll be glad to send you those links, and you could get some resources, um, allowing the Lord to use them in your ministry. 303-690-3000. Just like that, the phone lines are full. But just like that, we're coming up on our first and only break of the program. So a shout-out to everyone listening on Freedom Radio, on Hope FM, Truth FM, Grace FM, and other FM stations around the country. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, We are glad that you have chosen to join us. And we're going to take a real quick break here, uh, and we're going to be right back. And so stick around, tune in. we got some uh, phone lines filling up, and we look forward to what the Lord wants to have for us in the following conversations. We'll be right back on Calvary Live. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back everyone to the second half. Just a real quick break to stretch uh, and to review and then we're right back. And I like the format where we're not being interrupted by break after break after break, but we can have meaningful conversations uh, on this program we call Calvary Live. Coming to you from the studios here in Aurora, Colorado, uh, the Grace FM studios. Uh, Very grateful to be a part of your life. Uh, And it's always good to remind you, uh, and I'm going to remind you every time I have the opportunity, or every time I remember when I have the opportunity, to encourage you to give financially to local Christian radio. Uh, the, the station you're listening to right now belongs to a local church. And because it belongs to a local church, it is funded by the local church and faithful givers like you. And no amount is too small. Um, obviously, no amount is too big. But we're not a large corporation like other music stations that will do two-week you know, uh, praise-a-thons and call in and they'll ring their bells and you'll hear their numbers and they have all these all, all of these resources um, available to them. You're listening to on a local Christian station that belongs to a local Christian church. So would you please, if you're listening on Grace FM, go to gracefm.com and donate. Uh, if you're listening to this on Freedom Radio, if you're listening to this on Hope FM or Truth FM or any station that you're listening to, would you please get their info and contact them and begin a relationship of financial giving? You know, I, I, I know this to be true, that if everyone that listened gave a small amount, nobody would ever ask ever again uh, because it's that many people. But the percentages of people that give financially are very, very small. Uh, so just uh, pray, let the Lord lead you. I'm, I'm certain that the station has blessed you, and I want to thank you if you have given. Uh, if you've given to local rate Christian radio, then you share in the ministry. We are partners in every sense of that word. We're partners. Uh, as you are hearing somebody prayed for, uh, you're helping support that. You hear somebody's life change, you're helping support that. Um, uh, you... 
We have a, a text message that says, pray for her kids. Younger boy's having a hard time, doesn't want to come to church. Uh, they have a church from their home, but they just sleep. Uh, but he sleeps there. He's not taking. Any, he's not talking to anyone. He's 16. Uh, please keep them in your prayer. So I pray for this family, uh, Lord, even as we together, as the, the family of God listening to Christian radio, we pray uh, for this person, uh, and we pray for this 16-year-old kid that's sleeping on the streets. Um, protect them. I know there's another young man that's really struggling right now. I pray for him as well. Um, you know, just even today, Lord, just thinking about the prodigal son uh, and thinking about how many prodigal sons and daughters there are out there, maybe even listening in. I just pray your mercy and grace surround them uh, and encourage them and strengthen them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. 303-690-3000 is the number. Let's see what we got on our phone lines. We're going to get right back to Longmont, Colorado. Rob, welcome to the program. Oh, excuse me. Hey, Ed. Hey. Uh, look, ultimately, my question is going to be about the absence of signs and wonders yeah. in American Christianity. Uh but let me just give you a little background. Uh, when I was born again 40 years ago, the Lord led me to a church that was about a year old, and it was charismatic. Uh, the uh, pastor had graduated from Rhema. Um, and so I was uh, taught all of those doctrines. And, of course, man, I also learned how to love and follow Jesus. Um, but as I began to study the Word for myself, I had to reject a lot of what was being taught, but I also know that um, that where the church has been persecuted around the world, like uh, in China and currently going on in Iran, that they it, it seems like the word of God has been confirmed with signs and wonders. Do you think that we? We have to be persecuted for the Lord to think that that's how he's got to make people see that Jesus and his word is true. I think it's a great question, you know, as it was posed from the call screen, you know, what is, why is, why are there not signs and wonders in the American or the Western church today? And, and, right. and yet we see things in different contexts, we see more evidence or we see more reports of signs and wonders. And, and I do believe that the lack of signs and wonders does include uh, a dependence upon our own resources. Um, there's a lack of desperation. I mean, let, let's, let's face it. Um, when we pray, um, very few of us listening into the radio, I'm not saying everyone, but very few of us, are praying for our daily bread. We're not in that place. We're not in an expectant right. mode. We're not in a desperate mode. We're not in a dependent mode in that sense where all we have is the Lord. And when all you have is the Lord, you begin to experience more of his presence. I think his presence is always among us. I, I believe that he's ready to supernaturally, you know, when you, whenever, when anyone ever says, hey, um, I heard from the Lord or God impressed this upon me, that in and of itself is a sign and a wonder. God is speaking right. in the real time. Right. But we, you know, we're more rational, more logical. 
if there's a need, uh, we take out a credit card, we write a check, we pull money out of our front pocket before or maybe in place of prayer. Maybe God wanted to provide supernaturally. Uh, perhaps God wanted to do something differently, but we, we've been doing this so much, and I, I'm very careful to say we, I include myself in this category where I, I've just yeah. been so used to God's abundance, I've been so used to God's faith that I will make decisions before I even pray about them, and that's a, a disaster. Um, I mean, I, I think of some things in my life right now that I am still paying the consequence uh, for making a decision without prayer. Um, it's brought great pain into my life and great challenge. Um, and and so I do think that signs and wonders do exist today, but I do have a couple of observations that I think are important as well, and I'll let you follow up. But number one, I, I do agree that there is a segment of the body of Christ that have made things up when it comes to signs and wonders uh, that they that I don't believe are genuine works of the Holy Spirit. Um, I think it's uh, trickery and dishonesty and uh, taking advantage of people's sincerity. Remember back in the day, uh, you've been around long enough, so remember that season when they were laughing in the Spirit, barking like dogs, and all of the weirdness that happened over at the Toronto Vineyard, and um, they called it the Toronto Blessing. And I mean, we can go through each era, right? And Look right. at man. This is just not biblical. It's not normative, um, and I also believe that our understanding of number two of our signs and wonders is a misunderstanding of the Book of Acts. Because if you read the Book of Acts, you know, if we just decided, okay, uh, okay, uh, Rob, let's open up, read the Book of Acts. We read it together. You do chapter, I do a chapter. You do a chapter, I do a chapter. We finish it fifteen twenty minutes. Man, there's so many miracles recorded in the book of Acts that we read in 15 or 20 minutes that it's easy to walk away from the book of Acts thinking, my gosh, where's all the signs and wonders? Man, look at what the book of Acts, they were seeing it every day, everywhere. I mean, there there were 30 different miracles in 15 minutes, but a student of the Bible would know that the book of Acts encompasses 30 years of time. From beginning to end, it covers 30 years of church history, and in those 30 years of church history, the Holy Spirit chose to reserve for us about 30 examples of signs and wonders or miraculous healings, Uh, and even in the life of Jesus, you would think, man, he was always healing. No, he's actually mentioned, Jesus has mentioned more teaching than he is miraculously healing. Uh, He spent more time preaching and teaching, and so I think... You know, it's a combination of all of those things, but I do believe God is moving in signs and wonders today that we're, and again, another misunderstanding in the book of Mark is we're not to go after signs and wonders. Signs and wonders follow true believers. True believers don't follow signs and wonders. Right. Amen. Amen. So, really, uh, uh, the signs and wonders, well, they, they, uh, they become signs and wonders because they had no recourse but to be provided for by God in that way, if, if I understand some of what you're saying. Well, that's a possibility. I think it's multifaceted. I don't think the answer is monolithic, because ultimately, right. if you want the first cause, the first cause of any sign or wonder is the sovereignty of God. It is His personal prerogative of when right. to invade humanity to demonstrate his supernatural power 
in a very rational, logical environment. So that we have to go back to the first cause, because because what happens here, and that's it's a good clarifying question that you ask, because what happens is is there will be false teachers that make it your fault. It's your fault. You don't have enough faith. You don't give enough. Because oh, if you had enough oh, faith and you gave enough, we'd see more signs and wonders. And I don't believe it. It's a human centric situation. However, our human, you know, we can only be human centric in the sense of our behavior. And if we're the first cause, then we're never going to see signs and wonders. We're never going to experience them. It'll only be uh, every now and then because um, we're making it all about us. But God is sovereign in how he demonstrates his supernatural power. And we need to trust him when it happens and when it doesn't happen. Right. Amen. And, and I have personally seen a lot of people's faith destroyed because of that teaching. Yes. And, uh, and that's why I consider it uh, really dangerous. Well, so ultimately for me, yeah, I, I still think we can win the lost without having those signs and wonders. And, uh, but at the same time, I'm going, boy, Lord, if, if you're showing up in other places of the world that are obviously, um, uh, you know, not as well off as we are, I've always wondered if there was some link to that. And, well, I, uh, I, I think, think the link is desperation. I think the link is yeah. a deeper faith. Um, I think the link is a greater dependence, um, a hunger and a thirst. And you know, yes. let's 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 also back off and, and say this doesn't apply to every believer in the Western Church because there's a lot of desperation in our church. Yeah. There's a lot of difficulty. It's in a different context, but poverty here is felt the same way as poverty in South Africa. Uh, You know, desperation here is felt the same way it's felt in uh, South America. And, and so there is, it's, it's not, it's not the fact that, well, you're in the U S you'll never see it. No, I mean, there's real pain here too. It's different in many ways. And I think the stage being set, to experience it, but I, I think we experience far more signs and wonders than we give God credit. I'll give you one more example. I have a friend that I just visited. Um, uh, we were uh, we met at a conference, and we've texted a lot. But I got to really spend some time with him and his family and his church a couple weeks ago. And he shared this testimony at one of their prayer meetings. We got there early. I was doing a men's conference, and I was going to teach that Sunday. Uh, but Pastor Everett and I, we arrived early on a Wednesday, and we went to their prayer meeting that Wednesday night at the church, and a great group out praying, and Pastor Mark was there uh, sharing and leading, and he shared a testimony that stuck with me that I think applies exactly to what we're talking about in another way. He said, you know, um, this man came to me, and we were praying for a situation. I forget what it was now, and we prayed, and we prayed fervently, and he walked out of my office, uh, believing God, trusting God for his situation. God answered our prayers. He answered our prayers the way we prayed him. And the man came back, and he began to explain the decisions he made. You know, God did this, but that's because I did this, and I did this, and the pastor said, stop. We are not going <laughs> to give credit of this situation to man. We are going to give credit to this miraculous situation and answer to prayer. We're going to give credit to God. And I'm like, oh, man, you know, I'm such a logical, rational thinker myself. I've got, God has made me like with an administrative gifting that I have been guilty of that too, where, oh, you know, well, we did this and we did that. And no, we're not the first cause. God is always the first cause. We may not be a part of the cause at all. 
if, unless he chooses to use us, but we're so quick to take credit for the things that God is doing in our midst. Uh, amen. Amen. And I, I, I just want to say my own personal testimony to confirm what you just said is I went from a man who could afford two of everything to having nothing. And I'm li- the Lord is leading me in a whole different way now. Mm, I mean, I so have good. to depend upon him that's for right. things I never even thought twice about before. Yeah. And and I do think that's a sign in wonder. Yes. You know, just that provision yes. that he proving that he's always there. You know, and I just feel bad that so many people have been led to think that They've got to see something so powerful and mind-blowing yes. to prove that our God is real, that they don't have any real testimony anymore because they're, we're, we're looking past all the little things yes. that you're describing. And and I'm going to let you go because I know a lot of yeah. other people are Well, thanks for your call. It's very good, and I think, um, I think it's relevant. I think people have a similar question, and you and I talking about it has blessed many people. Amen. Thanks, right. brother. Love you, brother. Bye-bye. Thank you. 303-690-3000. This is fresh on my mind right now, too, because we're starting the book of Acts. And believe me, I want to see more of God's miraculous work in my life. I mean, I want to see more of it. I want to give him more credit for it. Uh, I want to... I mean, we just finished. We're coming off a weekend where we had a, a ministry conference here at the church. Uh, it's one of the highlights of our year. It's also one of the hardest times of the year warfare-wise and difficulty, but it's one of the highlights, and it would be very easy to take the credit for what God did this weekend. It would be very easy, oh, it was my teaching, oh, it was the worship, oh, it was us having the chair straight, or the food out, or our hospitality, and no, it wasn't any of that. It was God's presence among us, and his choice to use us by his grace. Uh, Yes, we get to participate, but we're not the first cause. Just don't ever forget that phrase, we're not the first cause. We're, we're hand, it, it's like Pastor Chuck used to teach us, Chuck Smith, who was the founder of Calvary Chapel. Again, the first cause, Jesus Christ, the founder of Calvary Chapel, but he used Pastor Chuck, and he used to give this illustration of, you know, where we start taking credit for the things that God has done. It's like going to a doctor after a surgery, and the doctor comes in on his rounds and checks in on you, and, and, you're like, and he's like, are you okay? How's it going? Everything's good. And your response is, where's the scalpel? And the doctor goes, what? Where's the scalpel that you used? What do you mean, where's the scalpel? I, I just want to thank it. It was so special to me. Uh, it The surgery wouldn't have been possible without that scalpel. That scalpel is the most important. No. The scalpel, as important as it was, was in the hands of the doctor, the surgeon, the person that was uniquely gifted to help you. It's not the scalpel. And we're all like scalpels in the hands of a great physician. And we're not to take the glory to ourselves. We're not to take the credit to ourselves. We're not to draw people to ourselves. We're not to take credit for the things that only God does, even though he allows us to participate in them. He allows us to see them. He allows us to experience them. He allows us to have good hospitality, and he allows us to give of our tithes and offerings. He allows us to straighten chairs and teach the Bible and lead in song. But any any work, even that, God is the first cause of it, even all that. It's because of him, not us. 
303-690-3000. Text question. I have a question for you. I've been a believer for just under two years. I've dealt with a lot of depression and anxiety for most of my life. And a few months ago, I started taking medication to help. My family is very against it. I wanted to know, am I a sinner for taking medications for your mental health? Well, let me say that I'm sorry that you even feel that way. Um, It pains my heart to think that you seeking help with a broken mind has made you feel like a sinner. And I believe personally, and I also believe biblically, that you are not sinning by taking care of your mental health and seeing someone that can help with all those neurons and everything in your mind, giving you an equilibrium to take the edge off. I know it doesn't completely take it away, but it does take the edge off. Um, I, I, I'm looking for right now, I'm trying to look in uh, a little pamphlet I want to recommend to you. There's actually a couple of books I want to recommend to you. Email me, email me, and I'll send you some info on depression. Biblically based, strong biblically based. Um, but I have a pamphlet uh, by Ashmore, Margaret Ashmore. She's come out to serve with my wife uh, here in the women's ministry before. And she wrote a little pamphlet on depression. Uh, and this is what she said. It's classic. And I'm going to say it to you. And I quote, There is nothing spiritual about denying the wisdom God has dispensed to the medical community to save undue misery. That is not faith, it's foolishness. And I thought, man, that's powerful. She goes on to say, and here's the balance. The soul, however, especially in regard to the kind of depression that immobilizes, debilitates, and renders an individual non-functioning is God's exclusive territory. It's been said that psychology may describe, but only the Bible prescribes. Medications can assuage and heal physical pain, right? If you had a broken arm and you were taking Tylenol, uh, you wouldn't ask the same question. And you probably wouldn't feel like a sinner. It maybe even took heavier. I'm, I'm always afraid to take heavier medication, um, because I, I don't want anything tripped in my body because of past addictions. I believe I'm co- totally, completely delivered, but I don't want to mess around. However, I have had serious surgery, and I have on occasion taken serious pain medication, but under prescription and absolutely got off as fast as I could. So if you were going into surgery and saying, well, they're going to put me under anesthesia, I feel like a sinner doing that. no. There's wisdom. There's wisdom. So medications can assuage. I'm again quoting from Ashmore. Sorry, I broke in there. Uh, Medications can assuage and heal physical pain or stabilize a mind from reeling from shock. But here's here's the answer because this this is where the Bible comes in. They cannot heal a soul from the wrong that seems oft so strong, end quote. So I do not personally believe you're a sinner for taking medications. I do not believe the Bible teaches that you are a sinner to try to get some relief from undue misery. And there was a season in my in my personal life after the death of my son and the very challenging circumstances that surrounded um, 
that time that I got very depressed. Um, I, I was at the end of um, any human capability and asking for help, getting counsel. And I was so close to asking, to going to a professional. And I ended up not going. The Lord was faithful. I'm, I'm an exception. Um, it's okay to talk to a professional that's been trained in this. Biblical counseling, giving you the scriptures, not worldly advice, but biblical advice, but also acknowledging that your brain is broken. And it's, we all were, you know, we were all born with broken brains. <clears throat> that's a part of sin. Um, I, that's, that's, we all have them, some worse than others. Um, I have a more melancholy personality. Maybe you do too. It's just hard. Life is hard. Difficulty's hard. Um, you know, the loss of my son was hard. How I was being treated was hard. It's just hard. I don't even, I mean, the key word today is challenging. And I know that if I would have gone to the doctor and they prescribed something to me, after prayer, there's a good chance I would have taken it just to take the edge off so I could gain my equilibrium back, gain my connection with the Holy Spirit back. Because people like this, listen, people listening, I know some of you have such deep, deep pain that one of the reasons why you take, and I mean physical pain, you know, you I've back pain. I saw a brother today had a couple back surgeries. They made mistakes. He's in perpetual pain and he's taking heavy medication just to cut the edge not wanting to take it forever, but just to cut the edge so he can think straight. Um, so I took that text question because I just thought, man, it's so important. Um, email me. I'll even anyone wants this quote from uh, Margaret Ashmore. Uh, she started with, and I quote, as a cancer survivor, I am particularly grateful to God for revealing to researchers target chemotherapies to arrest the rogue cells threatening my life, as well as those whose application limited nausea, nausea during treatment, there's nothing spiritual about denying the wisdom of God that is dispensed to the medical community to save undue misery. It's not faith, it's foolishness. And then she goes on. So if you want that quote, I'll, t- I'll, I'll send it to you as well. But if you want recommendations on the topic of depression, I would love um, to, to share it with you. And even reading a book and even visiting a professional, like God is the healer. And God is the one who brings clarity to our minds. And yet we have to we have to understand that we may not be healed of this. We may not have complete deliverance. We, we may not stop being sad. We may not stop being deeply discouraged, which is a very popular... Again, I wrote on this, and I, I write on I wrote on it definitely in the deeper parts of my life, edtaylor.org, edtaylor.org. I mean, today's show has intertwined quite a few things that are happening in my personal life today. It's it's unbelievable the way the Holy Spirit, like the brother said, you want to know signs and wonder? Today's program intertwined quite a few things that have intertwined my own personal life. I wonder how many times that's like that for you. And ultimately, how does the show end, right? Because we're coming up to the end today. By the faithfulness of God and his goodness, by the sovereignty of God, by our response to trust him no matter what, uh, to, to, to cast our cares upon him, to yield ourselves to him, to admit our weakness and to admit our desperation, to become desperate. Um, I just want you to know we love you. I love you, and I'm grateful to be able to serve you. Uh, we love you here at the station. 
I know the people that own the station you're at, the churches that own the station you're at. We care for you. We love you. We, we can't solve all your problems. I mean, I get emails and phone calls all the time where, Ed, Ed, I need you. I need you. And I'm not, I, I'm not capable. Only the Lord is capable. I can point you to him. I can pray with you. I can encourage you. But man, life can be hard and overwhelming. And may the Holy Spirit help us. May the Holy Spirit strengthen us. May he fill us afresh. We're going to be here tonight if you're in the Colorado, Denver area. We're going to be here tonight. Uh, We are uh, here at Hampton and Tower. We all can join us online as well. Our service starts 7 p.m. Mountain Time. We're studying through the book of 2 Peter. We're also praying together. I get to lead our prayer time together, so I'd love to invite you right into our sanctuary to worship with us, to pray with us, to study the Bible with us, to encourage one another in the Lord together. Um, That's what we do here in our midweek Bible study. Uh, So join us. Let's be a part of what God's doing together. Uh, And uh, we want um, um, to—I want to thank you uh, for praying for me, along with your mom, Maribel. So thank you. We're going to pray for your son. I'm going to send this prayer request through. Uh, Your friend's wife just passed away. Um, uh, with three young children. I'm very sorry. We're going to pass this through our prayer list. Um, There was a question about who to marry. Would you text that tomorrow, Lord willing? Uh, Same with the baptism question. Um, Hopefully we can get that tomorrow. But come on out. Go to our website, calvaryco.church. CO stands for Colorado, calvaryco.church. Get information about our services tonight. Start at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. And uh, thank you for allowing us to be a very small part of the huge work that God's doing. Thanks for our producer, Frank, our manager, Kevin. Bless you guys. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.